Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs, hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc., featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up phone lines right away. If you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, if you're local, like to join in on our discussion, have a question, have a praise report, prayer request, a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Please dial 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in today. And that number would be 800-366-8883. I say again, that toll-free number to join in on our discussion today would be 800-366-8883. We're also being streamed live over the internet from KKVV's website. And that web address would be www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. In addition to that, we're being streamed live, audio and visual from uh, Save the Loss at All Costs' website. And our web address is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please Go to our website. Again, that address is www.savethelosslv.org. Select the date that you like to listen to. It's always free on our watch, the gospel, and there's no charge. As the Holy Spirit leads you, and be blessed and tell someone else about it. We also have a cell phone number for you to dial for KKVV. And it works in the United States only. And if you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I really encourage you to lock this number in. And you can listen to KKVV anytime you like, and you can listen right now. That phone number would be 563-999-3194. I say again, please lock this into your contacts. That number would be 563-999-3194. Last week, I didn't mention that we are also being archived on iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, you can always listen to us uh, from that location as well. And again, the gospel is free on our watch. It would be no charge to listen. And I do like to apologize if you went to our website last week and tried to listen to last week's message on the 31st and you didn't find it up there. I was notified by my webmaster that there were some problems where uh, some of the servers were being attacked. Our servers wasn't, praise God, and so we did not incur a virus, but we wanted to take time and not load anything at that particular time to make sure that nothing happened. So I did put it up today, so I do appreciate your patience. But KKVV is kind enough to rebroadcast the ministry throughout the week, so you just have to catch it periodically throughout the week. Uh, and I thank you for your patience, and I thank you for your listening support. 
and that we are able to do God's work. Now, we are going into a new year, 2018. I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for allowing me to be here and to be full of the Holy Spirit and the desire to serve you more and to reach out more. And I'm just so grateful and thankful that he woke me up this morning and he didn't have to do it. And I'm here. So I'm ready to do God's work and I am at my post. And I hope that you, the listening audience, are feeling just as excited that God has preserved you. You know, he preserves what he loves and that you're ready to just do more and more about the call that's on your life. So please be obedient and be excited and go out there and win some souls for Christ. Amen. So God has put it on my heart to uh, deal with a series. And the series is called Double Vision. And so, hmm, Double Vision, we're not always seeing the same. So the thing is, is that our first part of the Double Vision series is going to be judging. And I know that we are very familiar with that. And we want to look at at it from God's perspective. Amen. So we are in a series and uh, it's called Double Vision and part one would be judging. So we are going to look at the parable of the rich fool and you will find that in Luke chapter 12 and we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. Okay, and I have a Greek word that I am going to introduce to you today. And uh, as we get further into the scriptures, I just said it to myself. I'm very excited about it. And I'm encouraged by uh, my pastor, Senior Pastor Joseph E. Terry Jr. And he always taught us Greek. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to introduce at least one Greek word a week And if I can do that, guess what? At the end of the year, we have learned 52 Greek words. So I'm excited about that. And this particular Greek word that I'm going to share with you today only appears one time in the Bible. So let's go over to the parable of the rich fool. And let's look at Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. I am in the New King James Version. And I have the red letter uh, edition. So uh, Jesus uh, is speaking uh, in verse 14 and 15, and you'll be able to know that. So let's go with verse 13. And again, this is Luke 12. The word of God says this. Then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. 14. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetedness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. All right. Now, if we look at verse 14 again, I'd like to read that. Again, Luke 12, verse 14, and I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this, But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you. Remember we're talking about judging. So think about that. Jesus asked him the question. Man. Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Now. What was going on at the particular time. That this was taking place. 
It was the custom that the elder brother received two-thirds of an inheritance and the younger brother received one-third. Now, we can assess here that the younger brother wanted uh, Jesus to take sides with him. Now, he didn't even ask Jesus to listen. He just wanted him to take sides automatically and wanted a judgment and preferably a righteous judgment right there on the spot. So here we have something that's really going on. We have a person who wants Jesus to take sides with him without even explaining anything, wants it to be against his brother, uh, and it's about an inheritance, and wants a righteous judgment right there on the spot. So we need to think about that for a while. Now, that was the law at the time that this was going forth. That, again, the older brother would receive two-thirds and the younger brother would receive a third. Now, I talked to you about a word that I told you that's a Greek word. And let's uh, get into this. And we are going to go over to First uh, Peter. But, judging. Now, There's been a promise made to us as believers that we will become judges and in the new world. And that speaks to tomorrow. That's coming. But right now, we're not called to be judges. And we'll look at the scriptures and you'll see that that is supported by scripture. So I am going to go to 1 Peter again. And I think I'm going to be around chapter 4. So let me get there. All right. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 4. And if you're just joining us, we are in a series. It's called Double Vision. And our first topic is judging. So we are going to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we are going to look at uh, verses 14 through 16. And the word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Okay. Verse 14. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. All right. Verse 15 should really, really just leap out to you. Look at this. Again, verse 15, I'm in 1 Peter chapter 4, and the word of God says this, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Wow! 
a busybody is equated the same as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer in this context when it comes to other people's matters. Remember when we just went over to the parable of the rich fool and we looked at Luke chapter 12 and we did verses 13 through 15. Jesus clearly asked the man, who made me judge and arbitrator? You know, over your matters. And you like really start to thinking now. Then you look at this. And the problem is being a busybody is being a meddler. See, the thing about us and the promise that we will be judges at another time, but not in a season called now. Right now, what we're supposed to do is to learn how to judge. We need to make proper evaluations. We need to be learning We did not create anything. So it's not our position to judge at this particular time. And being a busybody has the same weight as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer when it comes to people's business. Because God is the righteous judge. We have a caller at this time, and I'll continue to explain a little bit further, but we will take the call. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless. Hey, Shalom, Sister Nina, how are you? I'm fine. How are you, woman of God? It's so good to hear uh-huh. your voice again. Yes, I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, too. And uh, I just left the congregation, and you just made a reference about, you know, getting in people's business and, and what have you, and that, the thought just crossed my mind just quickly by the Holy Spirit when he says, we need to love one another. That's why it's in the last days. If you see a brother or sister commit a sin, that does not lead to let pray that they may be healed. But the question I have after listening to this pastor was that it was more seemed like gossiping, exposing a person's wrong before others, and then trying to justify, said, well, I'm not perfect either, but yet putting the garbage, it's like, where do you draw the line when you're going to expose someone that's in sin versus, you know, the scripture says we go to them. We don't um, do like the world does and just expose, do like the talk shows. Right. We have to do things differently. So I, I'm leaving, I left the ministry, but I'm going to visit another congregation, but I didn't feel, go away feeling edified and uplifted and, and just, you know, and I, I see why this congregation is so small, you know, because there's no love. Amen. No love. Amen. So I just want to say thank you for, just speaking that at an opportune time, just as I came, got in my vehicle and was on my way to the next um, congregation. Well, so keep up the good work. Well, thank you, and your heart is definitely in the right place. Again, we're supposed to be making notes. We're supposed to learn how to properly evaluate so that yeah. when we are glorified and we are with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will be able to properly judge, but it's not our season right now. Yes, and we have to build up, not tear down, and because he's the ultimate judge. We would judge angels. But he's the ultimate judge, and for this time and season now, we have to do what he called us to do and leave the rest in his hand because he's going to deal with those who are out of place. Amen. Well, God bless you, sis, and thank you for that wonderful observation and encouragement. And you know I love you, and please give Mother Anne my godly best as well. Love, too. Amen. Thank you, sis. I love you guys, too. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All right. right, Bye-bye.
God bless Sister Dorothy. We love her so much. So dutiful. And verse 16 says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. I just wanted to repeat that. So we have to really, really start thinking about judging and observing and properly evaluating. So I'm going to go further into some more scriptures. But the word right here in verse 15, busybody. So that is a Greek word um, that I'm going to give you because the New Testament was written in Greek. Amen. So I'm going to give you the Greek word for the word busybody. And it was only mentioned one time in the Bible. And it was only mentioned right there in First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. Okay, so the word is a la tre a peace couples, a la tre a peace couples, a la tre ka peace couples, and that is how you pronounce it in Greek. So I'm going to spell it for you. So I like you to be prepared to write it down, and it's Strong's number 244, and the way that it's spelled is a l l o t r i e p. I-S-K-O-P-O-S. Again, it would be spelled A-L-L-O-T-R-I-E-P-I-S-K-O-P-O-S. A la tre a piscopos. A la tre a piscopos. That is how you pronounce it. And again, it's Strong's number 244. And it pertains to overseeing others' affairs. A meddler. Especially when it comes to Gentile customs, busybody in other men's matters. It's not good. So what does that mean? What does that invoke in you? Being a busybody, a meddler, a meddler in whose business? God's business. We have to be very, very careful where we are. Because what we read in First Peter chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, Peter clearly states that it's on the same level as being a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer, a busybody. Man, when I saw that, that just really halted me in my tracks. We know words have meaning. They have power. Especially when you put intention behind that. Then that's really a spirit. And what are you doing with your words and your intention when you are meddling in other people's affairs. And when Jesus said that. Who made me judge or arbitrator? Now this is before the work of salvation was done. And there are systems that were set up. To be able to resolve men's grievances. That they had against one another. Now inheritance laws have been on the books. Since the beginning of time. 
So I'm sure that could have been easily resolved. But look how quick this man was to call out to Jesus as he was teaching. See, Jesus was teaching at that particular time. He interrupts him, calls out, and says, hey, you know, basically side with me over my brother. And I want a judgment right now. We have to see ourselves in the scriptures. We have to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. We have to get it right. Before we leave this earth, we have to have a clear understanding of what God has called us to do in a season called now. And we really, really have to understand what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Now, there will be people who will be put in positions to judge. We do have judges. judges. We do have arbitrators. We do have people who are in authority. And they will have to make judgments. But if that's not you, then make sure that you're on the right side of this. Because a busybody can be perceived as a murderer, an evildoer, a thief. People's reputations are at stake. Crushing a man's spirit for what? Causing strife? Covetousness. Being so concerned about things. Do not allow that to cause you to be spiritually separated from God. We cannot feel so entitled that we're willing to ruin a person to get what we want. Because if it's really what we need and we are adhering to what God has instructed us to do, why would our Father in Heaven deny us any good thing? Why would He? So we must be careful how we approach the things of God. So I'd like to go further into Scripture. So I think at this particular time, I am going to go over to the book of James. So we are going to go to James chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 13. Again, James chapter 4, 11 through 13. And I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this, verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. 
But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Well, James makes it very clear. And we have to use our common sense here. Now, there is one lawgiver, and the lawgiver is not us, because we are not able to save or to destroy. We cannot save souls. We can lead people to the one who can save. And that's the Lord and Savior of the whole world, which is Jesus Christ. And because he died for us, he did the work and completed it so that we can have salvation. He did that on the cross. He is the one who judges us. So, notice verse 11 says, Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Now, when we looked over to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we looked at verse 15, talked about busybody, meddling, and others' affairs. We are not overseers of ourselves. Are we shepherds of ourselves? There's one good shepherd. Again, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one good shepherd. And it says, He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother. See, when you speak evil, it's pretty much goes hand in hand that you are judging his brother. What does evil do? Evil destroys. Evil kills. Evil is not about order. It's about chaos. It's not about truth. It's about deception. And lies. Evil. Use the word evil out of all the words he could have used. He says, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Those of us who are believers, we are called brethren. So this is really speaking to believers. And it says, he who speaks evil of a brother or sister and judges his brother or his sister, speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Wow. Speaks evil of the law. Look what even more that you do when you do that. 
Not only do you speak evil of the law, you judge the law as well. It's very important that we get a grip on this. Very important. Goes on further. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. It is not our season to judge. We are out of season when we judge. And now Satan, the accuser, he's always judging. He's always condemning. And this is his realm. This is his season. We don't want to be doing his work. Because that's in direct conflict and opposition of the kingdom of God. Twelve, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Can destroy anything that comes against the kingdom. And definitely can destroy evil. In any manifestation of it. Recognizes it. In total opposition. Does not try to charm it. Get to know it better. Annihilates it. Crushes it. And it says, who are you to judge another? We have a great opportunity to get this right when we really sit back and listen to what it is that the Word of God is saying to us. James is making the case. He's making it very clear to the brethren Them that have ears, let them hear. We should be blessed to be getting proper instruction to really have a laser beam focus and understanding about what the Word of God is saying to us. This is empowering. This is enlightening. This is transforming. This is delivering. This is healing. We should be so blessed that we are free in our minds and our hearts and our bodies and our souls to be able to sup at the Lord's table and feast off of His words. Some of the brethren do not have that freedom to merely be identified as a believer is a death sentence. So if you're able to hear the word of God, you should be able to do the word of God. I'm excited for you as I am for myself. 
that we have this opportunity today to be able to be a hearer and a doer of the word. So, we as Christians are servants of God. And we're answerable to him. And once you've been made aware, you cannot take the position that you don't know. Because you do. And if you know, then you have to act accordingly. You know, we have no right to usurp the lawgiver's position. That is in direct defiance and rebellion of his word. And that would make us an enemy and not a friend of the kingdom of God. And the Lord and Lord and the King of Kings enemies will be wiped out. So we must be very clear not to speak evil against our brothers and sisters. Because when we do that, the normal progression is to judge. And when we do that, we're judging the lawgiver and the law, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have to ask yourself, who are you to judge him? Who are you to question his laws? Who are you to act in utter defiance of what he did at the cross for us. We are going to go to First Peter and we're going to look at chapter five. And we're going to look at verses 2 through 4. And again, I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says this, verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. 3 nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. For, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Wow. Now, let's look at that again. Shepherd of the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. 
So, we have to ask ourselves, those who serve as shepherds, which would be your pastors, says that they should be serving willingly and not under compulsion, nor for dishonest gain, but eagerly. See, there's a standard that has been set. And when I look at my study Bible, and I look at verses 2 through 5 in 1 Peter chapter 5, this is what they say. Peter describes several characteristics of a good leader in the church. One, they realize they are caring for God's flock, not their own. Two, they lead out of eagerness to serve, not out of obligation. Three, they are concerned for what they can give, not for what they can get. Four, they lead by example, not force. All of us lead others in some way. Whatever our role Our leadership should be in line with these characteristics. Powerful. I'm going to take the call, but I would like to read what Peter is talking about again when he describes characteristics of good leaders in the church. Number one, they realize they are caring for God's flock, not their own. Two, they lead out of eagerness to serve, not out of obligation. Three, they are concerned for what they can give, not for what they can get. Four, they lead by example, not force. All of us lead others in some way. Whatever our role, our leadership should be in line with these characteristics. So let me take the call. Hello, you're on Save the Loss at All Costs, and God bless you. Good morning, or good afternoon. How are you, Minister Nina? What's up, beautiful? How are you doing, Minister Rachel? And Happy New Year to you, loved one. Thank you, thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. I'm just so glad that you're speaking about this, because, you know, a lot of times in church we're led to believe that it's our responsibility to judge, you know, our brothers and sisters in order to save their souls from hellfire and all these things. And so, you know, it, it, you know, but I, I, I know that my word tells me that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to really change and genuinely repent, you know, to turn from those evil ways. So I just, I just am so grateful that you are, man, just preaching the truth in love and just reminding us of our, you know, it's not our season right now. You know, and, and, and a lot of people are turned off with the churches and, and people in the churches because you know, because of that, to be honest, you know, we're, we're being judged automatically. If we come to church in pants, all of a sudden, you know, we need to sit in a certain section or, you know, yes. So please, please, I'm so grateful you are speaking on this today. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and sis, I know about the wonderful work that you're doing, you and your wonderful husband, and especially God has led you to the young people. And uh, the young people are most impressionable. And if we're losing them or, you know, really hurting them spiritually, then we are just making them uh, available to Satan. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was reading. I was reading earlier where it said, you know, basically, woe to the man who who caused you to stumble because of the law. You know, Paul was saying that I, I you know, I'm 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 circumcised. I'm circumcised. I was a Pharisee. I, you know. I've done it all. However, that has nothing to do with what the grace that has been given to me. And and so those that are getting caught up 
you know, with the law and making these young people get caught up in the law, believing that that is what grace is, then woe to us, because at the end of the day, we will be held accountable for their blood. And so, you know, we, we if, if, you know, and a lot of times, even at church, unfortunately, you know, kids are being bullied and hurt there, too. Sure, and we have sure. to just, we got to be ones to stand up. We got to say something. We got to do something and not in a judgmental way. Love a kid. Don't. You know, teach a woman to, to be a parent. Don't criticize her parenting type of thing. So, you know, I just I know this is the walk that you walk as well, uh, you know, so I, I just appreciate you speaking on this because, you know, it, it needs to be said, and, and, and we are. We're losing a generation of young people because of uh, of these rigid laws, these these, these religious rules that, that we don't even keep as grown folks half the time. So, why you know, why why are we putting it off on them as if it's sin? And, you know, it, it, it it's hard, but, well, you know, God is able, and... You know, we, we when we're able to hear the truth like this, then it transforms us. So thank you. I appreciate that. And you know I love you, and you kiss everyone for me. And uh, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for always being, you know, a great woman of God. And I'm just blessed to have you as my sister, and I appreciate her, Lord. I really, really do. And I'm, ex- I'm excited, almost, Glamma. You're joining the, the Covenant <laughs> group, huh? God is yes, giving, I suppose. God is giving you another progressive <laughs> sanctification. I'm very excited for you. Man, and, uh, me too. <laughs> and, you know, the, the that will be our child, too. I want you to know. Yes. It's not a problem. Yes. We, we claim that yes. baby for the kingdom already. But I'm excited already. that God has given you another elevation, and you're deserving. Amen. Well, thank you. And I'm excited, too, to see, you know, this new year come in and just really what God's going to do with people who, who you know, we're calling it overstanding now, but who are just really under the understanding that there's more to this than just living a normal life. Just mm-hmm. to, you know, if you used to be a drug addict, you're not a drug addict anymore. That's not God's power. That's not his will for our lives. Yes, it's not that we get high, but now it's to kick that into supernatural gear sure. because these, these, this is a generation who wants to see signs and wonders, and the mm-hmm. Lord wants to pour out his spirit like never before and produce them, mm-hmm. but... When we're caught up in our old religious, you know, antics, we, we don't allow for God to flow through us supernaturally so that this generation will see what they need to see in, in order to believe. It's not about, oh, you know, believe first and then you'll see. God really desires to show them through us if we will let him. Amen. And, you know, we can't be afraid to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We can't be afraid to pray specific prayers, you know, in front of our children that they are able to see, you know, modern-day miracles and, and build their own, you know, reference points, their own altars with the Lord. And I, I hate calling in because every time I call in, I mean, I love calling in to be able to speak with you, but when you're in the, like, even when you and Miss Nan were on, and, right. you know, when you guys are in the mood, it's just, I just love hearing it and just, you know, it's just, just like you were saying, man, this is, this is good stuff, Minister Nina. We need to hear this. Our souls need to be rejuvenated. Some of us may even just have come from church and we're hearing something now. I know I did and I'm hearing something now that's like, okay, this is, this is sparking something in me. So thank you. Thank you for being faithful to bring in the word that God says bring and not you know, the word that the world wants to represent. So thank well, you for that. Our series is double vision, babe. We got to get it right. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm going back to listening. <laughs> All right. Praise God. All right. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, thank you for Minister Rachel. We love her. She's always fired up for the word and she actually does do God's work as it should be done. So I wish her great success this year. I know that she's going to be very, very dutiful in doing what God has called her to do. And I really appreciate that God gave her another level of progressive sanctification. Her family is growing and she is going to be a grandmother. I call her Glamma because she's gorgeous, but she is going to be a grandmother. So I am excited for her family. And Dantea, her daughter, 
and her husband too went to the wedding. It was beautiful. We're going to go to Matthew and we're going to look at chapter 7 and we're going to read verses 3 through 5. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. It's the red letter edition. So Jesus is speaking. Again, that's Matthew chapter 7 and we're looking at verses 3 through 5 and the word of God says this. Three, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Four, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Five, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your eye. Let me repeat that five hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Wow. Jesus is coming with holy fire. And this is basically talking about judging others. There's a couple of things going on here. Now, when we look at verse three, it says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank in your own eye? Now, when we look at a speck and we look at a plank, what's bigger? The plank. Not only is it bigger, it's noticeably bigger. Now, you overlook that. That has to be a stumbling block for you to point out a speck of your brother. Now, this is the brethren, okay? These are believers. So, that ought to get your attention as to the emphasis that you should be focusing on. It has a lot to do with you. Now, how you view yourself has a lot of how you're projecting onto someone else. Now, let's look at verse 4. It says, How can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. (laughs) You're asking the brother, Let me remove that. Again, a speck. Why not remove the plank from your own eye? It's got to be a hindrance. It's got to be a spiritual weight on you. Have you made friends with the plank? Are you in an unholy alliance with this plank? What is it representing to you? That you cannot see it. That it does not get your attention. But a speck does. In verse 5, it's the word. Hypocrite. It represents imbalance. Is someone talking but not walking with Christ? Is someone going through all the motions but not grasping? The heavenly things. 
It's the person who sits and has two ears but never hears spiritually what the Word of God is saying. See, there's always a physical manifestation, but there's a supernatural constantly, continuously being displayed. But if you're not walking with Christ and you're only parroting the words and not living the words, you have become stuck and stagnant. Bondage. You have put yourself in spiritual bondage. When you become that out of balance, this is really, really a spiritual crisis. And Jesus is speaking to it. A speck and a plank. Wow. You have to really, really catch that in your spirit. And Jesus tells us what we have to do. It says, first, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's not being able to forgive, spiritually blocking you to receive forgiveness, is judging in a time that's not yours, where you're not qualified to judge. Is that spiritually blocking you to feel empathy and compassion and love for your fellow brethren? Is being a busybody, a meddler, causing you to be spiritually the same as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer? Is that your plank? We have instructions here in verse 5. First of all, we're being called out on it. Hypocrite. Totally not in balance. It's obvious. It's not hidden. Hypocrisy is very identifiable. And it gives us instructions. It says, first, we must remove the plank from our own eye. And then we will see clearly to remove the speck from our brother's eye. See? The plank has... Been a great hindrance to us. And if we don't address it, it's going to cause a deep separation. And I pray that it's not so deep that we would be separated from our Lord and Savior.
Jesus Christ. It's very serious. Judging is very, very serious. We should really, really revisit some things in our lives. It's important. Don't allow the enemy to steal your seat at the table. Our Lord and Savior died for all of us to have a seat at his table. And he died for everyone to be able to come in and have a seat. We as brethren, men and women of God, servants of the Most High God, have got to get this right in a season called now. We have got to. Now. I'm getting ready to close it out. We're down to the last four minutes. So I think I can get in a couple of more scriptures. And I need to go to 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to look at chapter 10. And I need to read verses 12 through 16. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. Verse 12. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. The word of God says this, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. 13, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the fear which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. 14, for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. 15, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. 16. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's spheres of accomplishment. Amen. So the thing is, is that we all have a region or a territory that we operate in. And we should not compare ourselves to what our fellow saints are doing. And that we need not boast about what we're doing. Because we come to serve. And if we're boasting about what we're doing, then we're not serving. We're not putting the focus on where it should be. Authority has been given to us. We are not the authority. And our job, as Paul was stating, as his job was, was to deliver the gospel. Because by delivering the gospel, people would be delivered. Amen. They would come into a right relationship with Christ and we would increase spiritually and numerically. We cannot have infighting and comparisons amongst ourselves for those of us who do the work of the kingdom. Stay focused. We are servants. And it's by Jesus Christ's authority 
that we're even able to serve, let alone move and have breath in our bodies. So we must, must stay focused about that. Amen? So I'm going to leave you with Matthew 6 and a couple of verses because we're coming down to the last minute. And I want to look at verses 22 and 23. And the word of God says this, verse 2, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Please, get our double vision corrected. And we should have a singular vision, that of Christ. And we should not be judging because it is not our season now. We love you and God bless. Save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 302 